Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles, Brian McElfresh, and Doug Gravely. Hey everybody, how you doing out there in college fantasy football land? The regular season is over. The postseason is starting. Some people are excited about the postseason. Other people are crushed that their season is over. BMAC, Doug, are you ready for this week 10 into week 11 show? How are you feeling heading into the college fantasy postseason? Well, well for me, go ahead, Doug. You got it. I am feeling no stress because I didn't make it. <laughs> um, man, it's. It's bittersweet. I feel like we just stinking started. I know. So it's kind of, I was thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm not in the playoffs and, you know, in our league or whatever, but gosh, I feel like it, the season just started. Same. It's college football yeah. season goes so fast. So that part is always uh, the bitter part of it. Um, just love this time of year your team's in contention especially um which my favorite team the gators is not in contention so it's more like keep an eye on that top five recruiting class and make sure that stays together hopefully uh where maybe florida can pull an upset and uh make a bowl that's really the tops there but as far as fantasy goes yeah i'm, I'm going against a guy in division who I'm 0-2 against in the home league, Josh Reed. And uh, he's got a really good team. Um, you know, from the jump, he had a, a great team. And uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, I've battled injuries and for the most part, disappointment. I, in our mm -hmm. Slack channel earlier this week, I was like telling everybody how much I dominated them in the RB. 75 to 100 <laughs> range <laughs> with guys like like will shipley and marquez cooper who was uh you know projected to have a really good year singleton and uh and a few others that have just straight up disappointed uh as you look back on the regular season yeah, and it's it's crazy to think you look at the analytics before the season starts, you you follow the numbers, you follow the trends, and there's guys that that just for whatever reason just just didn't perform. Singleton is a perfect example. It's like, why did Singleton go the opposite direction this year? We'll never know. Um, but that doesn't mean he's still not a good pro prospect. But from a college fantasy perspective, if you have him on your roster, he probably helped you to uh to not make the playoffs. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. Um, there's sure. a cool post by Sleeper who who has like their own NFL fantasy platform, and they were like, of teams that are winless, here are players that are commonly on those rosters. Now, that was a really cool thing, and I, I think your point about Singleton is probably right. You probably spent, you know, third, fourth round pick on him and uh, just has not had, a, outside of maybe one game, of a good performance it's, this year, just disappointment. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, Allen doing okay. It's not right. like it's not like it's all on the O line, but it's certainly not as good as last year. And on the on the other side of it too, man, it makes you scared for every kid, really that transfers. So not even just wasted draft picks, but like, you know, for me personally, Isaiah Nayer, great at Wyoming, got one point nine fantasy points this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, Elijah Spencer, great before he transferred, went to Minnesota 
and he's got stinking 12. Like, yep. Sakari, yeah, look all at these, uh, all these transfers. Yeah. It just makes it so scary to even want to keep them. Sometimes it just makes it more difficult yep. to rank. And then this is like new to us, so we will learn more, and there will be more of a of a risk factor. And that's one things that I want. One of the things I want to maybe take a note on this, if you guys want, because uh, it's something that I've thought about, but I haven't written down yet. But adding that in there, like, what's the level of risk in taking this player? You know, you've got stability you assume in like a Quinshawn Judkins who was our RB1 going into the season and while he had a slower start and not been as good as last year he's still been consistent he's like the yeah. bona fide starter and his risk factor would have been really really low going into this year just like a Caleb Williams or a Marvin Harrison but yeah, then you have other people, whether they're coming back from injury or they're transferred like Marquez Cooper from Kent to Ball State. Um, and although things looked good there, you know, he was replacing a 1,500-yard, 15-touchdown type of running back there and steal just didn't produce, didn't have it this year. And he's, you know, down on touchdowns. He's getting like... Something to look at, man, for sure. Yeah. With yeah, look at look at uh, of, um, you know, because with the transfer portal too, you've got I think offensive linemen from Ball State left. You know, you the <clears throat> that's just a huge play, and then just their offense looked pretty rough from the beginning. They had like their first four games were tough, tough games. So. You know, he goes to a small school like that, and it's like, man, I can't even use him really for the first four games of the season because his matchups are so crazy. So, yeah, it's something that, you know, man, I, I kind of love this kind of time of year too for us because we can look back on these things and be like, all right, th we can do better with this. We can focus on this a little more. So this is kind of the exciting stuff for me where I'm like, all right, where did we kind of poop the bed, for lack of a better term? And where can we make it a little bit better for our for our peeps? So. One of the things that's top of mind is like it, it's going back to the trends of the 90s where it was the junior quarterback that sat and kind of took over and was able to keep the offense rolling because they've been in the system for a longer time. And they know like they're putting more on the quarterbacks. It's not the RPO game of... Mm -hmm you know, three, four to the last decade or so that dominated, which was very easy for a high school quarterback who played in an RPO system to come into college and and read the D end. Now they're putting in all kinds of checks and different things. And you're seeing like a Jackson Dart take off in his second year in the system as a veteran player who's been in college for three to four years now. So um, that's going to be more of the trend, I think, on the quarterback uh rankings you know going into this year we will certainly favor more so more than the system how long has that quarterback been in the in that system specifically right, right so even like a sam hartman who has a ton of experience you know he went in with a bunch of young receivers into a new system and it, it it's not you know clicked like we thought it would and and we thought he was kind of going to be able to go in and take over. And then you look at Ohio State. 
You look at the receivers there at the at uh, whoever won that job, you know, Kyle McCord in this case, and you think, oh, no way he's not a, at least a top 10, top 12, top 15 fantasy guy. Well, he hasn't been. and um, But maybe next year he will be, you know, with a year of experience and uh, and all that stuff. So that's something that we're going to have to look at, mm-hmm. reevaluate as we go into 2024 rankings which would be really exciting. We'll do that over Christmas break for sure. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Um, yeah, since we're since we're kind of talking about it, let's just kind of get it out of the way when it comes to the open review and the home review. Just make them real quick. Uh, congrats to uh, Scared Money Don't Make Money, J.H. Petkoff, who now is my rival for knocking me out of the playoffs with that midnight freaking overtime touchdown. Uh, M. Brooks, 24-23. Uh, um, Captain Cal, Joe Slowakowski, Oaktown, and Saucy Dossie for clinching the, uh, the first six ever playoff spots in the history in the history of the cfb open league and then no thanks goes out to carissa (laughs) because she had a nice little mini run she got off the bottom of the standings but then she settled back in and clinched the worst record in the league three and 17 and i got i got i got a a gripe here there's 24 teams in the league you play 20 of them how is it both of you guys got to play Carissa and I did not? <laughs> I might be in the playoffs right now if I played Carissa. I feel like there's some shenanigans at foot here. Come on, fellas. Hey, listen. <laughs> I don't know, but I appreciate you uh, putting her on my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then uh, in our home league, where it all started, congrats to Mike Davis, Gordy Miller, Mike Dillingham, and Josh Speed Reed. For joining uh, BMAC and myself in this year's playoffs. Uh, Doug, at least Doug's not going to come in second this year in the league. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So there's at least that little bit of a bright side. But I can tell you right uh, now, the playoffs this year are stacked. I know BMAC is not thrilled with his team uh, heading into the playoffs. But um, I think that it's going to be uh, a playoffs for the ages because I think every single one of those teams has the capability of uh, having some big weeks and taking it all the way to the championship. Yeah, my running back instability or just uh, underperformance this year. Man, I, I was excited about running backs, and I had five, so I could only draft two. And, uh, man, they just haven't performed. But I will say I planned everything around the playoffs, the fantasy playoffs. So, like, as I draft the team, I'm looking at their what's their week 11, 12, 13 matchups like, um, making sure, obviously, they don't have a buy and – and doing my best job going into the draft and every pickup that I make to make sure their schedule is good this time of year. So I have great matchups across the board. We'll see if my players can perform against Josh Reed and his, uh, his ballers this week, but uh, it's going to be a fun one. It's definitely a stacked playoff. Anybody can win it. Yeah. The thing I'm most worried about is, is having a healthy quarterback. I've had every single one of my quarterbacks has either been injured out for the year, or they play behind an offensive line that doesn't exist. Uh, Shador Sanders. Um, I don't know how many of you guys remember back in the day when David Carr played for the Houston Texans and there'd be commercials where they would make fun of how bad the Houston Texans offensive line was. And it would be like just a center and David Carr, you'd have the entire defense just piling in on him. That's how every Colorado game feels like I, I can't believe the amount of absolute destruction 
that is is leveled on Shador Sanders every week. When you see his numbers, it's like 18 quarterback hits and seven or eight sacks. The guy's just getting blasted. I would love to be able to see how he plays when he has even like two seconds of protection. The protection just completely disappears in two seconds. He's running for his life and just getting the snot knocked out of him. So going into the playoffs with Shador Sanders, I'm just hoping he can make it through the whole game. <laughs> yeah, and they're playing um, Arizona, who's kind of been on a tear, man. Yeah, they've been a surprise team. So yeah, um, that's, that's going to be tough, bro, because – Arizona has surprised me for sure with some of the teams they've beaten, especially losing their quarterback. I mean, and their backup quarterback coming in, uh, Fifta, I think his name is, or Fafita or something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, they've been on a tear, so that could be a tough matchup. Because I did look at your – I looked at all the playoff stuff and all your quarterbacks with red flags and stuff was kind of crazy to me. But um, yeah, <laughs> It's 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 so. disgusting. It's disgusting. I went into the playoffs many years ago against BMAC, and the only quarterback I had healthy for the game was a quarterback for FAU that was middle of the road. I'm like, man, I'm going into the semifinals with probably, if the CFB Dynasty was doing rankings at that time, probably a QB 50 <laughs> trying to win a game against BMAC. And I kind of feel that way this week. Even though I've got some top-level guys, they're just all hurt. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, Doug, speaking of Matt's lineup here, let's take a look at one of the decisions. Like, this is normally what we'll do on Saturday, but uh, we'll, we take... Uh, Starts it questions all the time, but would you go with Frank Harris um, playing against Rice? They're one hundred and fourth in the country, and Rice's pass. starting quarterback is out. Or would you go with who you've started all year long? Uh, clearly, the tougher matchup, Shador Sanders. So, if you look at the stats, UTSA is projected to put up thirty-six points. Um, and then let's see, Colorado is projected to put up 22. What do you think? I mean, yeah. you are, you already know what I think, especially bringing up the Arizona matchup. I would probably roll with Frank, um, and his 19 years of experience. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, man, it's tough. We've talked about this too, you know, be like, do you roll with some of the decisions that got you where you're at? You know what I mean? Right. Or, yeah. Or do Josiah you... texted me this last night before the, the Ball State game. He was like, Marquez Cooper and, you know, the, the run defense that he was going up against was 97th in the country. Or do you roll with Judkins, who's playing at Georgia? I, and uh, and that's tough. I, mean, I said Judkins. but uh, I, I would have I rolled Judkins because of what I've seen from Judkins compared to Cooper this year. Yeah. And Georgia's Georgia's been run on. They're not as good defense. They're really great defensively. Don't get me wrong. They're not mm -hmm. as good as they were last year, where they were you're just unstartable. <clears throat> yeah, so, the, the biggest mean, yeah, problem for the biggest problem. Yeah, so. the biggest problem for me, and it's it's really tough. I, I I try to take two things into consideration: is when the game is all said and done, if you come out on the losing side, which decision is going to make it? There is going to be something you're going to be able to live with. When you go forward, if, yeah. you know, if I, I if I that. leave Shador Sanders in, if I leave Shador Sanders in and I lose and, and I would have won if I put, uh, put Frank Harrison, 
you know, hey, well, I didn't, I don't think I've even started Frank Harris, but one game this year, if I go the other way around and Frank Harris, you know, craps the bed and Shador has a better game than he's had for the last couple of weeks. And I would have won if I would have had Shador in the lineup, then I'm like, did I overthink it? And what could have happened? What would have happened if I would have just left him in? That doesn't mean I don't make that move, but I always do factor that in. Um, like you said, you know, go with the guys that got you there, but that is a tough decision because the last two weeks, uh, Shador has been absolutely terrible. Yeah. And it's not because Shador has been terrible. It's because you can tell he just has that. I'm running for my life every single time he's playing hurt. He's limping around on the field. So that is definitely a decision. I'm not completely sure of uh, heading yeah. into Saturday. It's probably a last minute decision there. I think another thing to think about too, Matt, for this, for this game, for you, and I'm kind of on your side here. Don't tell the person you're playing, but um, so, I mean, the other thing to think about is Colorado just switched who calls the offensive plays too. And it looked rough last week. Yes, so, it did. So, Terrible. I mean, it's just another thing to think about when you're making that decision. I'm trying not to put too much in your brain, but no, no, no. I, mean, I, no, I, I agree. I mean, you got you got to analyze the different decisions that are out there. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. I've got some decisions to make at wide receiver as well. Um, so. I've got I've got a uh, Pafeli Ashlock on the bench right now just because he's playing Air Force, and Air Force coming in has been normally pretty good, but then Air Force was absolute garbage last week, so you never <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, and these oh, are the decisions. Man. You know, if you do a bad job, it's the last I'm time you have to make these it, decisions. And it's but... and it's so nice yep. the fact that I don't have to make these decisions this week. <laughs> <laughs> <Just sit> back <laughs> and watch just... the rest of us suffer. That's right. I mean, so that guys, in case you're wondering. I didn't completely crap the bed. I did have a winning record, so yeah, just tough, didn't make the playoffs. Oh yeah, and, and Doug, Doug was tied for. I, I guess he was close. He, I guess you weren't tied. It came down to tell him what it came down to. B Mac and Doug played in Week Nine, and yep. tell him how that game was decided. This was the difference so, between B Mac making the playoffs or Doug. So B Mac had his kicker for Arizona. I had cowing. I mean, nine hundred and ninety-nine thousand people out of a million would have said Doug's going to win this game with Cowing being left and BMAC having the kicker. But the kicker outperformed Cowing, and Brian beat me by four points, which it is what it is. I mean, it's it's fine, you know, whatever. Um, at least Put it's some not credit like on his a, name. Loop. Loop listen, got me into the play. I wasn't going to loop nobody into this conversation. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's better than losing a championship by less than a point. <laughs> um and at the end of the day man i can't complain with how my team did like i said they scored over 200 points the last week of the season it was a good team but like most teams overcoming injuries and weird transfer stuff was just tough so yeah speaking, of, speaking about that speaking about that weird losing by a, a hair of a, a fraction of a point remember we talked about for a couple of weeks, we had that weird situation with my game with BMAC where BMAC won. Then on Wednesday, they did a stat correction and had me win. Mm -hmm. Then a week later, they did the stat correction again, and they gave BMAC back the game. That was the difference between mm -hmm. me making the playoffs or not making the playoffs cool. in the Open League. That's how close it was. That's, That's how brutal. close it was. Oh, no. Man, that's. I'm so glad I didn't have to worry about this type of stuff this year. <laughs> um, while we're talking about fantasy stuff, um, gonna push things along because there was some super surprising performances this week um so i'm gonna hit some really quick standout performances that probably helped people get into the playoffs or having you know 
one of these guys on this list and still help me make it kind of sucks, but it's fine. Um, so the top standout performances, man, Jordan McLeod, who I did pick up in the open league that I did not start. I started JJ McCarthy, um, had 60 fantasy points, um, last week. Then you had Jacob Zeno 59. And how about Tennessee's defense with 58 points? I had the pleasure of playing against Un- unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. Yeah. I think three defensive touchdowns and just, yep. it was insane. Um, Byron Brown, 56. LeJonte Wester played against him too, 56. <laughs> but I had Bo Nix who got 56. Um, and then Dylan Johnson at Washington. This one surprised me all because they've been so pass happy and efficient. Um, Dylan Johnson with 54 points this past week. Um, that, that- it was the Dylan Johnson show in that Washington game. That Yeah, that's the one that stabs me in the freaking throat right there because Dylan Johnson with 54. Give Michael Penix Jr. one of those touchdowns. I'm in the CFB Open playoffs. <laughs> I was just like, come on. There's just everything that could have possibly gone against me, even though our, my game was close. Dylan Johnson just kept on putting that ball in the end zone, taking the being the touchdown vulture, 54 points, just – just crushed me. He just crushed never, me. He had never had more than 100 yards in a game in his career. No. And no. against USC, goes for 256 and five <sighs> touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, I felt every single one of them. That guy, I tell you what. But yeah, I mean, I felt every single one of them. I cursed his name every time he went in the end zone because I was taking points away from Penix. You know, I'm like, Penix, just throw thing. him the screen. That's better than <laughs> punching a windshield, I can tell you from losing college <laughs> fantasy. Like, that's it hurts way less. <laughs> sure, it does. oh man, but yeah, I mean, I just wanted to point those out because there's some crazy stats with like Tennessee's defense getting 58. That doesn't happen. I mean. That's super rare to get almost 60 points from your defense. That's insane. Dude, this is where the memories are, though. Like, yep. right at the playoffs and then in the fantasy playoffs, these are some of the things that you remember. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I definitely have some scar tissue from old, old times. <laughs> <laughs> BMAC, so yeah, BMAC talking about, about punching the windshield. That was literally like a decade ago, everybody. This is not something that happened last week. This is one of those BMAC remembers where he was 10 years ago when he punched the windshield for losing the championship. That That's what we all get to go through. At least well, now he just sits next to a trash can. <laughs> to make, Doug, to don't, make call, don't call worse. yourself a trash can, Doug. Don't call yourself a oh, trash can, Doug. You're a good oh, guy. You're a nice guy, Doug. All right, buddy. To, I to make <laughs> I was, I was, so this is, so like reception and Wi-Fi in a stadium now is pretty good. So this was like where, you know, you could not receive a text or anything inside a stadium. So I was in the swamp watching Florida lose in terrible fashion to rival Florida state um, college game day. This is back when they did the, uh, the live show. Uh, in the morning, and then they kept the set there and did the live show after the game was over too um, at night. And they were out there, and I was hearing, you know, all the, the Seminoles doing their thing, whatever. And then I get to my car, refresh my phone, and Danny's tight end caught a meaningless touchdown, long one, to win the game. And I just had no other reaction than punching the windshield and 
And it's crazy that you guys were both at the Florida Florida State game. Danny being a Florida State fan, you being a Florida fan. I don't think I was with him. I wasn't with him. Oh no, no. Oh, okay, that would have been. I don't think that that. No, no. I don't think that Brian and, and uh, Danny would go to that game together. That there'd be fisticuffs, no matter what. Fisticuffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot, man. Yeah, that's crazy. It's kind of like you uh, losing to to your rival Gordy when his quarterback posted negative three points. You know, what I can't wait for 2024 is having these conversations and bringing the same passion to losing in the video game. We we had so many battles on the NCAA 12, 13, 14 when they launched online Dynasty. Oh, my gosh. So much stuff. And we'll be running some of our own leagues. That's going to be a blast, too. Yeah, man. So uh, why don't we move right along and get to the uh, news and notes for this week? There's a couple of really interesting news and notes, one in here yeah. that is going to, I'll take the one, you know, exactly the one, because it's going to spawn a whole different conversation once we get there. But take it away, Doug. News and notes around college football. All right, y'all. So everybody that's in the playoffs in fantasy, pay attention to this, Brian, Matt, not Doug, but you guys and everybody <laughs> that's listening, pay attention to these notes because there's some big ones in here. So Jaden Daniels, quarterback for LSU, has not practiced this week and is considered day-to-day. I don't know if you guys saw that hit, but he got whacked. It. Yeah, And um, I'm not sure – you know, a lot of these coaches are kind of hit and miss with what info they're giving, but I can honestly tell you I would not be surprised if he does not play this weekend. Well, that would give Florida uh, an ounce of a chance, but uh, it's a night game in Baton Rouge. They're, they're so good. I That would make Nussmeyer, you know, as bad as Florida's defense has been. That would make Nussmeyer, if he does get to start, a DFS play for sure. For sure. Um, and then you got Luther Burden, wide receiver for Missouri, questionable this week. Um, and I watched a little bit of that game, and he was again Luther Burden and played insanely. Um, and- he's my Devi wide receiver one when uh, when Harrison's gone, um, Dunze's gone. He's he'll be my wide receiver one on our, our Debbie rankings. He's yeah, so man. Good. Then you got Caleb Johnson running back from Iowa may not be the running back. Number one in Iowa any longer. Apparently um, multiple running backs have been practicing with the ones this week. And the coach said, whichever one practices the best is playing. So um, B I'll let you take a couple so we can switch it up since there's quite a few. Yes, yeah. So um, let's go here. Bucky Irving, not been practicing on specified reasons. JT Daniels is doubtful for Rice. And uh, Rice is going to get that beat down from UTSA either way. Um, Dante Morith and Garbers both return to practice. MJ Morris, your boy. Yep. So let's let's talk about this one because this one has a – there's a very interesting storyline – behind the MJ Morris situation. So NC State started uh, Brennan Armstrong at the beginning of the season, and they said they were trying to redshirt MJ Morris for the entire season. 
Uh, Brennan Armstrong really struggled. They said they were going to potentially burn the red shirt for MJ Morris, have him come in and play. MJ Morris hasn't had a great season, but he did spark the team. The team just came off of wins versus Clemson and Miami. Um, on Monday in the press conference, um, Dave Doran is talking about how MJ Morris has improved and the game plan and all this kind of stuff. Then yesterday, news comes out that MJ Morris is making the unilateral decision to redshirt himself for the rest of the year, uninjured and not transferring out of the program hmm. because he's already played his four games. So he doesn't want to burn that shirt. He wants to have another year eligibility. And if you were a college football coach, Brian, Doug, and your guy that's led you to a three and one record made you bowl eligible, just says, you know what, coach, I don't think I'm going to play the rest of the year, even though I'm your starter. And it's like, surprise, you're not going to play. How are you going to feel about that guy going forward? It's so weird. And it's a, it's a broken system to kind of have that as an option, man, that, that does suck. So I, I can, I don't know. I don't know how I'd handle it. I don't think I'd handle it well. <laughs> I don't see. And that's the thing is, you know, it's so different for us. I think, um, I don't know if I'd handle it very good, but at the end of the day too, you think about it long-term and you're like, okay, I got this guy for an extra year then. Like, our season at this point is basically over. We're playing for a, a bowl game at some point in December at this point. Um, so that wasn't their goal. You know, their goal was not to be in a December bowl game. So why not save this kid and have an extra year with him and potentially, who knows, he could go out. We've seen it happen before. First play of next game and tear an ACL. You know, why? Why at that point risk it? Because your season at this point when you go into a year, you're not playing for a December bowl game. That's not what your goal is. So, yeah. Sometimes it is. I just, <laughs> I just, my, my big thing though in this is it sounds like there was no conversation between the quarterback and the coach before this happened. Mm. If there was, there's no way that the, the coach is going to be in a press conference on Monday talking about where his quarterback is. To me, if you're the coach, this kid just completely embarrassed you in <laughs> on national television because you said one thing the one day and the next day he shows he's got more power than you by making that decision. So I'm not saying I'm not an MJ Morris fan. I do agree that MJ Morris needs more time um, to, to, to improve his skills, but I just feel like this situation could have gone a lot differently, especially considering that they have come out and said that he intends on staying in the program. That to me is the most baffling thing. It just it just blows my mind. I don't want to belabor the point, but that was one of the craziest things that I think I've seen when it comes to the red shirt. That he's I'm going to red shirt. I'll play four games and I'm going to decide on my own to red shirt yeah. and come back and be your starter next year, coach. Man, I'm, all the people that just are dying for NC State fantasy updates, we have got it covered. That's awesome. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love the subtle. Like knocks, these are great. That's not a knock. No, it's that's good. Uh, like that stuff is like call affects all of college football, and uh, with the playoff coming, man, there's going to be a lot of uh, unintended consequences yeah. that are going to face fantasy owners and uh, just college football fans in general. Yeah, uh, I hate to see that kind of stuff. I will go ahead and uh, crush these, you know, these ones real quick. 
Um, and if you guys got anything to say, don't you know, add in for sure. Allie Jennings, who hasn't played in forever, uh, receiver for Virginia Tech, unlikely to return at all this season. Yeah. Um, it's a big one because uh, he was, you know, Virginia one of those transfer Tech's guys that good, we, he's one of those transfer guys that we were like, okay, you know, he could have a really good coming out party at Virginia Tech. So mm-hmm. Johnny Wilson, Florida State, he's back at practice. And a guy that, you know, BMAC has, uh, Antonio Williams, receiver for Clemson, out until at least a bowl game. I don't have um, him, but I have the next nah, one. that was – Antonio uh, Williams is a high draft pick of mine in, uh, yeah, in the open league. Right. Yeah, he hurt me. He hurt me. Yeah. And then you got Will Shipley running back for Clemson. Game time decision, but he is trending towards playing. Um, then you got Jamari Thrash, receiver for Louisville. No update. Just, <laughs> you know. Winging it, so red flag, no update. I will keep awesome. you guys. I will keep you guys posted as the weeks progress on this because it is an important fantasy week for a lot of people. Yeah, so keep an eye on the Discord. I will post as much as I can about these injury things, especially these no update people. It's awesome to know. Um, yeah, he's someone I think I'm playing. I oh, know Josh Reed's got him on the bench right now, but yeah. Uh, yeah, he's someone I could play against. Uh, and it's a Thursday night game, so there's not a lot of time for news. And then, yeah, and then Jalen McMillan, receiver for Washington, he's getting a second opinion on that lingering knee injury um, from another doctor. So doesn't sound like it sounds like he could potentially be shut down the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, and then you've got. Tyler Van Dyke, quarterback for Miami, may no longer be the starter. Possibility. Mm. Um, that doesn't surprise but, me after last week. He was so, terrible. And around. then you got Reggie Love, running back for Illinois, the broken Illinois running back room. He's a full go now. Um, Braylon Allen, another one, running back for Wisconsin. No update. So we're just winging it. I will keep you posted on that one too. Then you got – Quinn Ewers, which could potentially lead to a huge BMAC decision in his playoff game. Um, <laughs> the decision's been made. Already. Oh, it has been made. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's begun throwing, um, and he's considered day-to-day. So <laughs> here's what we're dealing with. Texas. Like Xavier Worthy owners, here's what we're dealing with. With Ewers gone. 14 targets to Ewers, <laughs> five catches. <laughs> and Over no three games, right? Uh, well, this this was just no last week. This was oh, just oh, last oh, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourteen targets, five receptions, and then the week before, ten targets, four receptions. Fourteen would love, targets. Would love to see Ewers back in action here. Oh man, that's a lot of targets with not a lot of catches. Um, <laughs> somebody that's been a great, uh, I know for DFS lineups for for Matt especially, Joseph Manjack, receiver for Houston. yeah. He's back after missing two weeks with a concussion. He's been great for, for some DFS lineups because um, he's always been kind of a cheap option. Yep. Which we can, we'll talk about that on Saturdays. But Brock Bowers, guys, Brock Bowers started running at practice, but he's doubtful this week. Yeah. Um, but he is running again. So, BMAC, if you make it through week one of the playoffs, maybe you can uh, <laughs> see your boy. Um, yeah. Matthew Golden, another receiver at Houston, is day-to-day. Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina is doubtful. Cam Camper, receiver from Indiana, who's had a pretty solid season. He's done for the year. Jawar Jordan, running back from Louisville, should play, but potentially uh, could be limited. Um, And then DeCorian Clark, one of our favorite receivers to talk about before the year, 
Um, mm. Not expected to play at all the rest of yep. the year. So I don't know what's going to happen there. And then one of my favorite news uh, that has come out, I think it was Monday. Big one. Eric McAllister, wide receiver from Boise. He's transferring. Guys, this is after season's not even over. He's got 47 receptions, 873 yards, and five touchdowns. Why would leading the team? I mean, I'm, well, yeah, I, leading the team like out of the middle of nowhere. No, I, like, I think pro- I think probably because Boise is is in jeopardy of not even making a bowl this year. They're having a really rough season, so they might not even make a bowl. And he might be like, I need to go find greener pastures. I don't think I agree with this move on his part. I know they got a lot of young receivers at Boise, but yeah, that seems pretty unbelievable that he's just dropping the team right now. Yeah, I mean, I'd at least finish out the season. Like goodness, you you could potentially be a 1,000 yard receiver on your resume, you know, trying to transfer it to a team that looks really good to a team trying to pick up a receiver. But I don't know. I mean, that's just weird. Kind of like I said, in the middle, you know, not even the middle of the year, but toward the end of the season, just being like, all right, I'm going to go somewhere else. Got a question popped up on the screen. That'll kind of get us right into uh rankings chat or talk here out of rhythm fantasy sports. Hey boys, it's been a while. I need some tight end help. Um, which, <laughs> don't which we rough. all the tight everybody needs i drafted tight end, tight end so bad this year oh. well i mean there's two that have hit the hundred point mark at, that's it two one of them is bowers and hasn't played in weeks and the other one's dallin holker um so you know those two are gone um the one that i love um you know is is near uh here in ocala over in gainesville arliss boardingham um i love his potential lsu sucks in uh in the passing game you know he had you know not the best two games so he might be available he went well it was zero of course on the bye week then 1.9 against georgia and 6.9 last week he's gonna get some targets he is likely to score this week against LSU I would say he's averaging just under seven fantasy points on the season but I think he'll be a a feature this week against a porous LSU defense even though that game is on the road Um, I don't know if Boardingham's available in your league but um, I like him there does anyone have Mm -hmm. any others that they want to call out here I I think I think a guy this is a guy I actually have starting in my uh in my DFS lineup this week, starting in the playoffs as well, Colston Loveland from Michigan. Yep. Uh, if you look at his last few games, he either gets targets or he gets touchdowns. He gets one of the two, but his last four games are 9.9 points, 18, 23.9, 7.5. And the way that the way that touchdown, I mean, scoring has been for tight ends this year. That's the kind of guy that you might that might be better than the options that you already have out there. So he he's another one that you could consider if he's available. Yeah, um, Tanner McLaughlin is another one say, for Arizona. Tanner McLaughlin for sure. Going up against Colorado. He's had five and nine points the last two weeks, but Colorado loves giving up points, especially through the air. So I like that one. Um, another, another one that I like um, is uh, Justin Jolly from UConn. Yep. Seems to be the guy that they like to throw to when they do throw the ball. He's got a tougher matchup against JMU, but, I mean, he's averaged the last couple of weeks seven targets, seven targets, ten targets. So, I mean, he's he's another one that gets a lot of targets. Yeah, but in this order, I'd probably go Fannin, 
uh, from Bowling Green, Boardingham from Florida, um, McLaughlin from Arizona of guys that might be available in your league. I like those. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I was fortunate to trade for Nesbitt when I lost Bowers. Um, that's been the best part of that of of that trade this year because he's been uh, killing it. He's on fire. 10 plus fantasy points every week the last three weeks. And uh, he's our third start of the week at tight end this week. Um, And I'll go ahead and throw that up on the screen and we can go through rankings. If that's good with you, Matt, why not? You you know what? Why don't we go through some rankings really quick? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we've got tight ends here, but, we don't normally even go through tight ends. That was just a favor with the, the live question, though. So at quarterback, um, we've got uh, Nick's guaranteed best start of the week this week against USC. They are terrible. You Oregon's supposed to score 45. They're going to be able to score as many as they want. Jaden Daniels, if he plays... You know, it kind of sucks with him not practicing, but he's a veteran. He doesn't really need that. He'll just need to get some rhythm going before the game starts, you know, a couple, you know, days before. I think that'll be fine for Jaden Daniels to come in and do great against Florida at home. Uh, They're projected to score 38 and a half. I'm sure they'll score all of those, if not more, and uh, give up some points. Florida's projected to score 25, so... um, I like that. Salter, let's go, boy. Against let's Josh go, Reed, let's boy. go. Liberty. Um, they're they're playing on a Saturday for the first time in a while. They've been on the Tuesday train. So uh the undefeated cool. newly ranked Liberty, by the way. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um Byron Brown is a great start at number six. Penix against Utah, even though they're a really great defense, they're projected to score 31. Um, and so I love Penix still this week, even though he had a disappointing game for Matt scoring 28. But anything stand out here to you? Any questions? And um, well, I love I, I love seeing I love seeing JMU's quarterback at five. I got a question for you guys that's not really fantasy, but it's James Madison. Do you think that they will win their appeal or do you think their appeal is not gonna be won? What's going on with James right. Madison? They are undefeated. They probably will stay undefeated, but because they are an FCS to FBS transfer team, they are bowl ineligible for two years. You could legitimately see a team win their conference, be ranked in the top 15 in the country, and not be allowed to go to a bowl game. They are petitioning the NCAA to loosen up their regulations and allow them to go to a bowl. What do you guys think? Will we see them in a bowl this year or not? You know, like we're here in 2023. Obviously, trust in government is at an all-time high, and so is with the NCAA. I expect they'll do the right thing, and James Madison will be eligible to play. Yeah, and here's the deal. Like, man, they have loosened up on everything else. Like, why stick to your guns on this when you have a team that deserves to go to a bowl game? I mean, I don't understand. It doesn't make I think sense. They, they, they need to hire Tez Walker's legal team and they'll get themselves in a bowl. We'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, BMAC, why don't we move on? To, why don't we move on to uh to running backs, BMAC? Let's see what we got on these running back rankings. 
Yeah, so we've we've got some tough ones here. Genty, I don't know what's the word on him right now. I, I think I yeah, I, I feel like he's gonna be back this week. I feel like he was close last week. Um, but I feel like I feel like there's a good chance to see him back on the field this week. Yeah. Um Kyrie Robinson's been on a tear. He's playing against Fresno State. Um they're decent against the run, but uh He's been great, twenty-four and thirty in his last two outings. Um, let's give you let's give you a question here. So, DJ Giddens as the Kansas State starter was fantastic when Treshawn Ward was hurt. Um, went for a, had a huge game, then 32, 25, 6 last week. Do you have any pause? You know he was playing Texas. Do you have any pause with him at home against Baylor? Or would you start someone like a, like a Blake Watson or even a, a Penny Boone uh, against Eastern Michigan? Of those three, who would you start? Uh, I mean, I've really liked what Boone has done so far this year, and I would probably take Boone of the three because, I mean, you look at Giddens, yes, had some great games, but there's always that potential for – for Ward to come in and get playing time. I mean, you know, Boone is going to be the guy. And they have two running quarterbacks that are going in and out too. Yeah. I think, I think I'd be more apt to uh, take your number 24 Malik Sherrod Fresno state versus San Jose state versus uh, then take Giddens at that point. Yeah. Yeah. They had a takeover at running back throughout the year. I like what Blake Watson's been doing. I'd probably roll with him. I tried so hard to get him from uncle Joe. I tried so many hours and days and whatnot put into a very simple trade. And then he's like, Oh, just throw in Sam Laporta. Um, but yeah, the best, <laughs> throw the best season for a rookie tight end ever. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yep. <laughs> Um, anyways, anyways, yeah. Amari and Hampton, how about him? He's, he's been consistently excellent all year long. He's all got a year. Matchup against Duke, but I love Hampton as a starter. Like you, Matt have really good running backs. I'd take your running backs, your whole room for my whole room. <laughs> if you throw in Sam Laporta, I'd think about it. Just kidding. No, I like I like my running back room as well. I'm really happy with where they're at. Hampton was a guy I picked up way early last season. And uh, as soon as I picked him up, they stuck him on the back of the bench behind like four other guys. I was very disappointed, but uh, I even had consideration in the offseason about I had to go research. Do I even keep him? But they were like, no, he is definitely part of the 1A, 1B running back room. And I'm glad I would have been very despondent. If I would have uh, let him go, I will say this. I let Puka Nakua go um, as a off season cut a couple years ago. And I'm regretting that decision. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't regret that decision at all. <laughs> uh, horrible, horrible. Uh, yeah. Quentin Cooley is another one that's been on a tear uh, for Liberty lately. He's 29, 13, 31. Um, hopefully Salter gets them all this week, selfishly, obviously, but, uh, Ollie Gordon, obviously, you know, Genty, uh, you know, Boise state is supposed to crush New Mexico. So that's why like Dalmas is our kicker start of the week. Um, but Genty's up there. You can't start anyone else over, over Gordon. Obviously, if you've got both of those two, you're rolling with them. 
if Genty's healthy. But mm-hmm. more, more news that'll be posted up in the Discord when we do. I'll slide down to receiver here. We've got neighbors, number one. Troy Franklin, number two. Marvin Harrison, number three. You can't go wrong. Those are easily the three best starts. And then you go down to Adonze, even though he's he's at five, playing against Utah, the number 34-ranked pass defense. But, you know, Washington's going to be able to get their possessions and should be uh, somewhat of a close game. But uh, I think uh, Adonze is a, an easy start every week this week, um, unless you have those four people above them, which is unlikely. So you got Royals at four, Lacey at six, Wester. Um, I think he's wide receiver two to neighbors by only 0.3 points. And uh, what a tear he's been on, uh, Wester, going for 33 and then 56 the last two weeks. Um. But uh, all right, so I'll give you one, Doug. Let's let's give you. Uh, oh, here's here's one for you, Matt. <laughs> all right, all um, right. How how dare you, Puka? Getting called out there. I love Matt. <laughs> I love the fact that you cut Puka because he's on I my cut, team. but I I cut Puka when he was when in college. I didn't cut him in the pros. I cut him right. when he was in college. And now I, I see him in the pros. I'm like, ah. I picked him up when he was in college, and it's fine. I like it. <laughs> Just disgusting. So one guy that was like trending to wide receiver one territory for a while, Tory Horton. He's been, you know, slow. He's been battling an injury. He's he's been playing through it, and uh, seems like he's getting healthier now. Um, they're not supposed to score a ton. They're supposed to score 25 this week against San Diego State. Colorado State's at home. He's gone for 6, 7, and 11 the last three games. Um, would you take him over uh, over a Luther Burden against Tennessee or Des Walker? If you have those three there, who are you going to start if you had to pick one? Uh, Tez, Burden, or Horton? I mean, Burden. Burden against Tennessee is going to be my start. Yeah. I mean, they have the 112th ranked defense against the pass. Tennessee does. Oh, no, no. That's San Diego State. Or I'm sorry. Um, I mean, they're both, they're all about to, Burden's still going to get his catches, bro. Burden is still going to get his. Like, I don't think he's a guy that you ever sit. Um, he does have a, you know, that questionable to play. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. The last five weeks, I feel like the dude's got like fifty-seven targets. Like I don't know if I would, <laughs> I don't know if I'd sit him ever. Yeah, he had a good start against Georgia and then disappeared. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see how that one goes. And Doug just ghosted on accident, probably. Oh. <laughs> I'm back. Uh oh. All right. Well, if you guys have questions or whatever, hit us up in the Discord. Uh, YouTube comments are always welcome. Likes and subscriptions to YouTube are free, obviously. That helps us a ton with you guys engaging with us there. And um, big plans for 2024 new things, new content. I'm excited to do it all alongside you guys. Um, 
So let's go with uh, what? Where are we going next, Matt? I'll let so you... we got we got we got two segments left. We got the DFS host battle, and then we got the brisket locks. So let's go on down to the to uh, the DFS host battle. We can give you guys what, what, who is in battle. our lineups for the week. And then from there, we'll get our brisket locks for the week. All right. All right. So because BMAC decided last week that he did not uh, prioritize doing this podcast, he decided he had to go out of town for his actual business and go party with his boys from Searchalytics for a whole week in Vegas. Uh, We did not do a DFS host battle last week. But the previous week, uh, Doug decided he was going to win the DFS host battle again. Correct me if I'm wrong. Doug is currently in first place, a place very unfamiliar to him. Four times for Doug, (laughs) three times for me, two times for BMAC. BMAC, what are you going to do to try and get out of that bottom slot? Who is your lineup in the DFS host battle this week that is going to get you out of last place? Oh, I will get out of last place. I'll get in first place. Let's, uh, Let's just go um, win three in a row. Why not? Um, all right. My quarterback this week, this is just, uh, you guys better put up 200 points. Like this lineup is mm, looking good. Uh, I got Michael Pratt, 8,200. Easy start. Uh, let's see over here in our CFB stats. Pratt is quarterback. Where you go, Pratt? Number 10. Uh, they're supposed to score 38 points. Tulsa is 130th against the pass. Uh, Tulane's at home. Pratt, easy start at quarterback at 8,200. Ollie Gordon, boom, 7,900. He is killing it. They're playing at UCF, so the weather will be nice. Weather is a factor now, so you've got to pay attention to those uh, games up north, look following where the snow is going to happen or, or crazy wind or whatever. He's playing in Florida. Not that Oklahoma would be a problem right now, but I've got uh, Jalen Wright, another road team, running back, um, $5,400. Uh, Tennessee is at Missouri. And then I needed to save some money. Yul Keith Brown. Let's get a stack for Pratt to Brown this week. He's averaging 7.8 fantasy points. I already told you all of the uh, the reasons why statistically uh, Tulane is a great play at home against Tulsa. And then I went with Cowing, 6,700 at Arizona, or Arizona, sorry, at Colorado. And then Jimmy Horn on the flip side, um, he gets a lot of the short targets, a lot of the... Uh, you know, drag routes, crossing routes for and uh, bubble screens in that Colorado offense. So I don't expect him to do little, even if Arizona is able to kind of shut him down a little bit. They won't totally shut down Colorado. He's at 6,000. And then staying in that game, Tet McMillan, 6,300, um, is my flex. And my super flex is uh, Fafita, Arizona's quarterback <laughs> against Colorado. 6,000. I'd say I've had a rough time finding a way to get a second quarterback into my, into my super flex, just because I've got, it's hard for me to find ways to cut the money otherwise to get to where I can get a a high price quarterback. I'll go next. Then we'll save we'll save the, the current reigning champ 
for last. So I got Milrow. Um, Milrow's at 9,000. My quarterback, all those rushing touchdowns last week were just too tasty for me to uh, to not want to see if he could have a re- return performance this week. Obviously, Ollie Gordon, uh, highly undervalued, 7,900 for what he's been doing. I still think even though 7,900 is one of the top amounts that's out there, I think that's a, a shockingly no- low number for a guy of his caliber. Yeah. Um, I got Anthony Watkins from Tulsa. At 5,600 at my other running back position last week, he had 24 carries for 146 yards and a touchdown. So I uh, like guys that are getting a lot of touches. Um, I took Travis Hunter from Colorado at 6,400. I just think he's on the field too much. He can get stats wherever, whether it's running back, maybe getting a pick six. Um, he's just on the field too much. I think he has too much of a chance to put up some stats for you. Um, Guy I mentioned earlier, I wanted to save a little bit of money. Um, this Colston Loveland, the tight end from Michigan, he's only 4900 That's where I saved the money, uh, getting a guy that gets a lot of targets per game. Um, another guy I had to save some money on was uh, Singleton from Georgia Tech. Uh, he was at 4700 Then I got um, Lincoln Victor from Washington State. Last week, he had 12 receptions. Uh, Low low yardage number, but still, when you're getting 12 receptions, how many targets is a guy like that getting in a game? Uh, I feel like he has a chance to have another big week. And then um, I'll give you a preview of my... uh, preview of my my brisket lock for this week but i've got i've got something special at the brisket lock this week but a preview of my partial brisket lock is phil moffa from clemson phil moffa from clemson is who has been in the lineup um subbing in for will shipley and he has absolutely blown up while in while in uh relief of will shipley i uh i feel like he has a chance to have another great week he had 36 carries last week for 186 yards and two touchdowns i think he's still going to be on the field i'll talk a little bit more about him when we get to my partial brisket um in a little bit but that's my lineup DraftKings says it's about 143 point um fantasy points per game average i'm not sure where yours is bmac but that's where i'm at i love it doug what about you so Listening to Brian's lineup, little, you know, we got we we got some uh, similar there, buddy. Um, my starting quarterback is Fafita um, for Arizona. Even though Delora is back, they're staying with the hot hand at Arizona, and Fafita is going to play, and he looks good. Um, mm-hmm. Only six grand for a starting quarterback who's been looking as good as he does. I'm down. Um, then. I have uh, Makai Hughes running back for Tulane against Tulsa um, at 58. Then I went with Cody Schrader running back for Missouri, Missouri, Missouri against uh, <laughs> against Tennessee. <laughs> Man, he's been watching. He's been watching too much uh, too much children's Missouri. television there. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got <laughs> Schrader for Missouri against Tennessee. Um, then I went with UCF's receiver Javon Baker against OK State because they're just okay on defense. Um, and then I went with Cowing at receiver against Colorado because anytime somebody plays against Colorado, I'm usually going to take them on offense. And then I went with we got to do it, Squirrel White, Tennessee receiver. I don't know if we have the sound, but I had to do it. Um, because he did have 
only two targets last week, but 94 yards. And before that, I think it was like eight target or eight targets and then 10 targets and stuff. So he's kind of coming into his own a little bit. And then at flex, I've got Daniel Jackson, Minnesota receiver. That offense is starting to look a lot better in Minnesota. Um, and then my super flex is Michael Pratt. So nice. we've got the same quarterbacks. Um just some different in-between players, but it could be our, our difference could be just like, you know, our stupid fantasy week where just one guy is going to determine. I like, I do like how you went with both Arizona receivers. I was tempted, super, <laughs> super tempted to do the same thing, but something told me that you were going to try to copy me. So I had to go a little different. <laughs> well, we'll see how it works out. <laughs> you guys better score 200 this week. I'm putting a bunch of money on this line. I'm going all in. You better score 205. You're not, you're not just going, you're not just going five bucks. You're going $5 and 56 cents. Boom. <laughs> all right. So that's our brisket lot. I mean, that's our, that's our DFS battle. And BMAC, you do normally put a post up uh, later on that shows the uh, shows those lineups for people if they want to pick those lineups apart or use them as, as a basis for their own lineups. That's but right. that brings us to the final final segment of the week is the brisket lock uh for you guys that are that are brand new to this bmac is the purveyor of the brisket he is the baker of the brisket he is the cooker of the brisket he is known for everything brisket so i'm gonna do you gotta one risk it for, for the brisket you're ready yeah risk it for heck brisket. yeah man <laughs> gotta risk it for the brisket it's time for so the what these lock. guys are these are guys that are lower in our rankings or are not even in our rankings hit that too early my <laughs> that's all good hey that's all good these are guys that are low in our rankings or guys that we think have a chance to exceed expectations that if you have a potential to get them in your lineup at their proper position we're not saying this is an rb1 or a, or a wide receiver one it might be somebody that sneaks in at your flex or a wide receiver three um so doug who is your brisket lock this week and why so my brisket lock is somebody I really wish I would have drafted um, oh, at this point. Me too. But um, <clears throat> we actually have Pearsall in the rankings, which could potentially be a mistake um, on our end because I think Wilson has been outperforming him um, with receptions and touchdowns. He has been averaging eight receptions a game um, in the last five games and four touchdowns, and he plays the cruddy LSU secondary. Um, and but Pierce, did you hear Pierce, Doug just call you out Wilson. and say he thinks there's a mistake in the rankings? Doug just yeah, called you out. Could both, uh, they're both. I mean, worth they could both playing. have a really yeah. good week. Um, kind of like the Arizona receivers against Colorado. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Wilson, and the reason I'm going with Wilson over Pearsall is because Wilson's not in our rankings at all. That's the only reason I picked him. So, I like it. Uh, for me, I'm going with. RB 46 in the rankings. Uh, Auburn is traveling to Arkansas. And I'm rolling with Jarquez Hunter, who's been pretty hot lately. So 30, 18, 37, the last three weeks. And he's finally picking up steam in that new offense. And I like him to keep it rolling on the road this week at Arkansas. All right. So this week, for the first time ever, I'm going to put on a double brisket lock alert because i did not want to put just one guy out there 
already talked about Phil Maffa. I don't think he's going to have the kind of numbers that he had last week, but Phil Maffa is not even in the top 50 on our rankings. I think he's definitely worth a consideration at an RB2 or a flex just because of the fact of what he's put up in the, just because of what he's put up the last few weeks. You're talking about, um, about um, Shipley coming off of a concussion. And you've got a running back that was a workhorse like that. I think they can ease um, ease Shipley back in, knowing that that Moffa can take the load if need be. Um, the other guy is one that we haven't really talked about on the show much, uh, if at all. That's Jamal Pritchett, who is the, the wide receiver two mm-hmm. at South Alabama. So you think Colin Lacey, you're like, man, Colin Lacey gets tons of targets every week, double-digit targets, gets triple-digit yards every single week. Jamal Pritchett is right behind him. Jamal Pritchett, two weeks ago against uh, against ULL, 17 targets, 11 receptions, 168 yards, two touchdowns. Last week, I had to go back and look to see if Pritchett was even playing because he didn't even have a target for the first three quarters. In the last quarter of the game, he had seven targets, six receptions, 59 yards. Uh, You're talking about a high-powered offense. He gets tons and tons of looks. Obviously, you're not going to start him over Lacey, but if you need somebody that's a deep deep sleeper, uh, Jamal Pritchett could be somebody you might want to take a look at. 100%, man. I like those picks. Yep. We'll see how they go. We should have side bets on those too. Anyways, whatever. We'll figure that one out. Um, oh. So, man. Oh. Oh. He's back. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh. Hello again, man. <clears throat> um, okay. Yep. So. All right. So we come, we come to the end of this week's show. Uh, we are in the college fantasy playoffs. For those of you that are out there in the playoffs, uh, we hope you guys have a good performance, unless your name is Mike Dillingham or Josh Speed Reed, and then you guys can hit the bricks. Um, I, in the following shows, I'm sure we're going to be talking about who were guys that were drafted high that were super disappointments guys that were drafted low or free agents that have really exceeded those. What do you think BMAC? What other things are we going to talk about in the following weeks other than the typical news and notes and giving people some advice as they move further into their playoffs? Yeah. Good question. I, it's time to start the train for 2024 and start looking at some early rankings for that stuff. You know, it's, it's definitely too early with, you know, players proclaiming their self to the draft or not we got portal season uh coming up very soon the end of recruiting uh is massive to kind of see where these top guys go um and all of that is going to happen you know between what's going to seem super fast between now which we got thanksgiving then christmas then the new year and then portal season is over second signing day happens early february and then we'll we'll be able to push out the new rankings. So there's a lot of work that we have to do between now and then, and then start working on 2024 depth charts and all that stuff. So it's it's fun, but uh, a lot, and it's time to start that stuff. What about you, Doug? You got any final words? I got one last thing. Once you're done, that I want to make sure that we do. Um, but what you got anything else you want to say, Doug? Going heading in, what are you going to be doing this weekend instead of playing in the fantasy playoffs? Man, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'll probably go watch my nephews play some soccer. Um, all I'm thinking about currently is they're getting ready to do a chili cook-off here 
at Searchalytics or at the workspace that we're in. And there's like a bunch of people competing and it's all I smell and I can't wait to taste some. So that's all I'm <laughs> currently thinking about right now. And it's starting to drive me nuts. <laughs> all right. So real quick, before we get out of here, uh, I just want to literally by name, shout out every single person that took part, that took part in the CFP dynasty open league this year. Um, really happy with the fact that we had 24 teams in the league, um, regardless of where, um, where you were at in the final standings. I know that, uh, just about every single person there, we had some kind of fun interaction with. So, um, you know, Chris, I know we pick on you a lot, but I'm glad that you were in the league and giving it a shot. You still got three wins. So that means there's three people out there that are like, what do I need to do to go beat Carissa next year? But Carissa, Rat State, CB Connolly, Klee Shreen, uh, Cybercon, uh, Jared Price, Jay Morris on Discord, Steelers Pride, Rebel Nut, Mock Draft University, Funky Chickens, X-Wing Squadron, Out of Eligibility, Brandwood 1983. All I do is win, win, win. M Brooks 2434. JH Petkoff. Scared money don't make money. Uncle Joe. Saucy Dossie and Oaktown 510. We appreciate each and every one of you guys joining the CFB Dynasty Open League this year. We hope to see every one of you guys back next year for a bigger and better CFB Dynasty Open League experience. Awesome. Appreciate Thank you, guys. it, guys. Y'all have a great weekend we'll see you on the saturday show we'll talk to you on the discord uh start sit all that stuff and we'll have fun winning or losing together um hopefully winning but uh yeah that's all i've got peace out fam see, see you guys it. do what this guy says if you want to that'd be helpful thank you for listening to the cfb dynasty podcast help us out by subscribing on youtube and reviewing us on your podcast network we're done. We're done.